This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Now, in September, we released an episode about the current situation happening in Peru. And needless to say, that was a very popular episode, and people were very interested in what's happening in Peru. And that situation opens up a lot of questions, including how do these shifting dynamics impact another major producing region in South America, Chile? Given these questions and the fact that the Chilean season is ramping up, it's the perfect time for today's episode. So joining me today is the executive director of the Chilean Blueberry Committee, Mr. Andres Armstrong. You've heard from Andres back in episode 22, 75, and 134 of this podcast, along with several crop reports over the years. So Andres, welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Blueberries. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. It's always good to be with you uh, on the business of blueberries and um, reaching out our stakeholders uh, in, in the U.S. and around the world. I guess this podcast is being heard around the world. So very happy to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you. And it is amazing, right? I mean, you and I are in places around the world where this podcast gets discussed. It's uh, I'll never forget when we were in Hong Kong for Asia Fruit Logistica and I had a, a couple from Australia come up and, and apparently they're fans of the show. So it's amazing how far this show has reached and who listens and what a, a resource it is to so many. So today's episode is, is no different. We're going to talk about the business that we're in and specifically the things that are happening in Chile. So I think we could just get right into it. Uh, you know, you often do the crop reports for Chile and uh, that season's upon us and, and that first crop report will be coming. But I thought we'd just kick off the season with a conversation with you in light of the circumstances in Peru and just understanding that, you know, there may have been expectations for Chile going into the season and how has what's happening in Peru, the El Nino phenomenon, as Luis would describe it as, impacting Chile, if any. And what were your expectations and, and how are things looking today? Well, sure, it's impacting. I, mean, I think it's, it's impacting everywhere. I mean, uh, around 50% down of their um, last year's production uh, is changing the environment for everyone. But before that, I mean, Chile has been on a process of adapting to this new uh, market environment in which uh, countries have been growing their production. We talk a lot about Peru, but growth is also happening in Mexico and in Morocco and South China. I mean, you name it. So it, it, it is changing. So uh, the world in Chile is adapting to this new environment. And I would say this is the case for, I mean, the traditional producing countries such as the U.S. and Canada, too, in, to which the this new production is also affecting the dynamics of their uh, of their market. So in, in this adapting process, uh, what we have done is, first of all, trying to improve our uh, variety mix 
And the first thing to do that has been to leave out of our uh, fresh exports. And, and, and I normally speak more on fresh. <laughs> You're aware of that. But um, it's, it's leaving out of the fresh exports. Those varieties that have proven not to work well. They worked well in the past when there was not a lot of competition. I mean, we were Chile was alone. The U.S. was alone in the market. So there was a place for those varieties that uh, were mainly flown by airplane or or there was no alternative. So the, the first thing that we have done is living out of our uh, exports some of those varieties, which have driven our volumes uh, down the last three seasons. And together with that, uh, also quality. It's not only about varieties. It's, it's also about the capacity of uh, our production to get to the market in a good condition. So uh, in this process that varieties have, have been taking out of the fresh going to frozen, we are now in a situation that 60% of our exports we expect to have this season should be on fresh and another 40% uh, should be frozen, which is totally not the case when Chile began. It's not the case uh, of Peru at the moment, uh, where only the, a very small part of our production was uh, into the frozen industry. So this is part of the Chile adapting to these new market conditions. So as a result, our volumes are going, have been going down. Well, and talk about a little bit, like what has been the, I mean, just for our audience who could appreciate a little bit of a comparison, like what was Chilean's frozen business last year, you know, how quickly have it gone to 60-40 in your mind? I mean, we have moved from 30 to 40 in, in three seasons. I don't have the exact numbers, but more or less that. But uh, if you go back to 10 years ago, it would be less than 10%. So it has been moving and in the last seasons, probably a little bit faster. So this has been like the the long-term situation from Chile with this new uh, market environment, the specific situation this season certainly creates opportunities, uh, and it has created opportunities for uh, growers in the beginning of the season, in which we are facing uh, uh, a very um, very lower volumes compared to last season, and certainly has, is, is creating uh, opportunities. But um, we are trying to work with our members, with the Chilean Blueberry Committee members, in taking this opportunity to really prove the market that Chile is a consistent, a reliable supplier looking into the future, not specifically to this, to this season. We want to be in the market in, in the coming years too. So the way to do that is to prove the market that we are a reliable supplier. And this is what we're working on, taking out the bad varieties, replacing with new varieties, uh, putting in place logistic services such as the Blueberry Express to get into the market fast and deliver. This is what we're working on. Well, and you talked about the Blueberry Express in a previous episode. So how has that been working and you know, how do you see it becoming uh, used this season in light of just the circumstances that the market faces with lack of supply. How, I mean, was it a capacity issue that you created it in the first place? And, you know, considering there isn't, you know, a lot of supply going into the market, does it change? Does the Blueberry Express make a difference? Yeah, it, it will be in place again. Uh, luckily, Chile is, is a country that produces a wide range of, uh, of fruits. So we're in the season with cherries and cherries are also growing their exports into the U.S. market. So putting cherries and berries together provides the volume that we need to have services like the Blueberry Express movement to Chile to the U.S. in less than two weeks. 
And, and this is a resource, the reason why the Blueberry Express is planned to even start earlier this season. If, we, if it wasn't the case that had the cherries uh, being shipped to the U.S., that would have been very difficult on, on, on our own. So um, we're expected to even start earlier than, than the last season. It proved to be a very good service. I mean, exporters and, and, and importers in, in the U.S. were able to move the fruit very fast, which is what they want. So we're again this season and we're again in other markets. Don't, don't forget that Chile has been working in developed uh, consumption around the world and, and, and we are very strong in Europe and we have a, an important share of our exports in Asia, uh, into China, um, South Korea and Japan mainly. And we have also what we call the Cherry Express to those markets and we are taking advantage of the same situation but for other markets. So we have the ability to get to Asia in very short time, putting together all these uh, products coming out of Chile. Well, I think you have a current production estimate of 82,000 tons of blueberries being exported out of Chile this year. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, it, it, our estimate for the coming season. Of, this is fresh exports, Casey, uh, is the 82,000 tons. That's a 6% decrease compared to the previous season. But on the other hand, we're expecting a growth in the frozen exports of 10%, going up to 55%. And this is what, when, when you get to the 60 and 40% split between fresh and frozen. So the 82 represents only the fresh? Only the fresh, yeah. If you go overall, it would be 137 southern tons being shipped out of Chile. And so you're still feeling pretty good about those numbers, even with the El Nino phenomenon, or do you expect that number to change now? Yeah, when we, when we did our, our estimate, that was even a little bit more than a month ago, um, there was no uh, big impact of El Nino. We have El Nino here too, but at that point, we, the impact of El Nino in, in our estimates was not very big. But we still have the season to go, and, and this is the reason why we will be uh, giving out uh, monthly updates on our estimates. This week we have a, a hail in some of the regions, in the southern regions, um, uh, and some of our growers are reporting some, some losses in, in production. There are rains expected during the season, uh, and so on. So uh, we might need to correct this uh, as the season advances on. And uh, most probably uh, going down. Yeah, there's probably not a, a scenario where it necessarily gets bigger. Yeah, and, uh, and again, uh, if we have rains, if we have high temperatures, if we have, if we have hail, etc., and that affects the quality, what we need to do is to be more rigorous in our quality standards and, and only be sure to provide only the good fruit going out. Well, let's talk about that. Um, but before we do, I want to take a break for our crop report. As we're talking, Chile and Mexico and Peru are in the market right now. And so here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Mario Ramirez in Mexico and Daniel Bustamante in Peru. This was recorded on November 4th, 2023. Hi everyone, here Mary with the Mexican Blueberry Report for week 43 from October 23 to October 29. During this week, Mexico exported a total of 692,000 pounds of fresh blueberries to all the world and 95% goes to North America with 659,000 pounds to the United States. For this week, 
There are no organic volumes of blueberries reported and the total volume exportation decreases 5% respect previous week and compared with the same week for previous season is 41% lower. In frozen, Mexico exported 14,000 pounds, 74% lower than previous week and it represents only 1% of the total frozen blueberries importations for week 43. The total volume of fresh blueberries exported from the beginning of the season to date is 4,950,000 pounds. That's all in my report. Thank you very much. See you next week. Hello, this is Daniel with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 43, from October 23rd to uh, October 29th. Peruvian season 2023-24 started in week 18. Until week 43 of the season, Peru has shipped a total of 235 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, representing a drop of 46% compared to last season. The main reason for the drop of the volume? Atypical weather conditions. Because of El Niño phenomenon, the temperatures went up by 7 to 9 degrees Fahrenheit, significantly affecting blueberry production in Peru. From this overall volume, U.S. remains our main destination with 50% of the volume, followed by Europe with 28%, China with 17%, and other destinations account for the remaining 5%. From the total volume shipped, 10% have been organics. During week 43, a total of 22.9 million pounds were shipped, representing a drop of approximately 23% versus the volume shipped on the same week last year. 62% of this volume has been shipped to the U.S. That means 14.6 million pounds, expected to arrive in mid-November to the U.S. market. 26% of the volume during week 43 has been shipped to Europe, 9% to China, and 3% to other destinations. This is the Crop Report. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the USHBC website to see more information about what's happening in the blueberry industry. So go to ushbc.org forward slash data to find out what's happening in the blueberry industry. So let's come back to this, Andres. I want to talk a little bit about quality control, the challenge that can have take place during any market uh, or any season, uh, weather being a big key to that. Uh, what, what are the attempts or the efforts uh, from the advisory board that you feel responsible for? What, what are the steps that are being taken to you know, help ensure that quality or help ensure that the exporters are uh, meeting an expectation or, or, or what's that expectation that's been set or discussed by the industry there? Well, certainly the, the variety renewal is one of the key aspects. We have seen uh, new countries coming in and they, they, they started after uh, the traditional producing countries. And so they started with new genetics so we need to keep the pace on that. And, and it's always more difficult to renew than to plant from zero. So this is a process in which uh, we have been uh, working with our growers. And we as Acomedia have been working in um, evaluating the results of these new varieties. Because um, you need to be sure that what you're planting will have good results. It, and, and there's been a lot of try and mistake in this process. So we're trying to reduce the risk for growers in selecting their varieties. And this is why we're working with the breeders to check on those varieties here in Chile in different regions to really have uh, more certainty that those varieties would work. And this is also uh, helping, I mean, growers to 
take a decision on, on renewing their varieties. And is there a variety or varieties that you're seeing, I mean, thematically being introduced into Chile that are becoming successful? Well, yes, we, we, uh, there's all the, the Australian programs here in Chile. For example, there's also Fall Creek with their new nursery that is starting to work and provide uh, very good uh, material for our growers. So, uh, I mean, this is a good sign in, in terms of um, what our company is seeing in Chile as an opportunity looking into the future. And of course, the, the new Fall Creek uh, nursery in Chile is a sign of that. Uh, so that is all what is happening in Chile. And, and for instance, at, at this point, if we go to uh, September 22nd, our exports are up by 64%. And I would, you would say, is that an effect of uh, Peru not being in the market? And I would say part of that, yes, but most of it doesn't because uh, most of our exports so far has, has been going to, to Korea, which is a market that Peru haven't, doesn't have access yet. And that growth mainly comes from new plantings in the northern part of Chile. Of course, there's another part that is, is a reflect of the situation of the market. And we have growth in, in, in other markets too. And we were even flying fruit to, to the United States, which was uh, not the case uh, for a while. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, are you feeling like there's energy back into the Chilean deal, like there's enthusiasm because, you know, there's an understanding that, you know, there's an opportunity to hedge or there's, you know, reason to invest in Chile. You know, what, what, what are you getting from the experience that you're going through this season that has things flying? And is it, is it a one-off or are you, are you getting a sense that people are coming back to Chile and rethinking strategy based on what happened this season? Certainly, this is, this is bringing uh, something good for Chile as an opportunity. It's suddenly, all of a sudden, we have this opportunity, uh, as I mentioned before, that is, we want to prove that we are a reliable source of, uh, of blueberries and, uh, and that our customers will need the Chile supply, not only this season because of the situation, but in the future, if they want uh, to have consistent supply during the whole year. But to do that, we need to uh, deliver what the market is needing. So uh, certainly the situation of, of Peru is giving like some air <laughs> to our growers here to do that. And this is what we're working hard in, in, in improving our harvesting processes and logistics. We will have in place services that uh, will give us a chance to do that. So certainly it's helping. But uh, we, we want to look in the in the long term, not in the short term. And this is where we're working with our growers in Chile. Well, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon, right? That, you know, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I mean, have you seen anything like this? Like, how would you characterize what's happening, not just in relationship, certainly to Chile, but uh, in the blueberry business? No, I, I, I agree with you. For me, this is like the biggest impact in production that I've seen in terms of percentage and in volume. Uh, we have had issues before with the big hails, and uh, that affected not only blueberries in Chile, but a, a lot of crops. But uh, then we're talking about 30% losses, not 50. So uh, to me, so far, we will need to see uh, what happens uh, moving towards the season, whether there is uh, um, volume recovery out of Peru or not. 
But uh, so far, it's been like the biggest impact that I've ever seen of, uh, I mean, climate situation affecting production in, as a whole. Because uh, normally when you have uh, freezes or hails, they're very um, located to some regions, to some areas. If that hits the, the areas in which you have most of your production, then, then you have a, a big loss. But uh, it's always very focused. Uh, in this case, the impact is very wide in the country, so it's been bigger. Well, and, and from your perspective then, you know, what, what lessons are we learning as an industry or, or even for, for you there in Chile, like what are we learning from this that um, it's important to consider as we move forward from here? Well, in the case of Peru, I think that growers uh, will under better understand uh, which varieties are more resilient to these uh, climate conditions uh, and which are not. So that would be uh, uh, another way of thinking uh, their varieties. Uh, that is an, on one step. And on the other side on the market is that uh, probably importers should think in diversifying their risk in sourcing and having different uh, options uh, in the market to supply their fruit. So probably those are to me, this situation, the, the two lessons that I, I would certainly take. Are you surprised by the pricing? I mean, obviously, there's a supply and demand scenario taking place right now that has uh, pricing being what it is and chili flying fruit. But, you know, there's something that we're, we're learning about the elasticity of pricing that we're going to probably have to study, you know, post this event. But what, what's your takeaway so far as you're watching the market dynamics and the pricing go up to what it's done, 70 plus dollars a box? Yeah, well, if you, if you see the, the drop in volume and you go back, when was it that we had the volume that we have now? Uh, we're probably moving back two years, no more than that. So uh, prices is a reflection of the increased demand uh, in these two years. So... It has moved not only production, but demand. And all of a sudden, we, we have um, less supply in the market. And uh, the reaction of, of the prices, to me, is a reflection on how demand has grown during these years. Are you surprised? I am. It's, it's amazing how, how the consumption of blueberries have grown. We need to keep our efforts to promote consumption and, and increase demand on behalf of our growers. Because it's not every year that we will have <laughs> a situation like, like this that will put the prices where they are now. Uh, we want the price going up or not going down uh, right. as we grow our volumes. Well, it is, it is remarkable. And, you know, it, it does have us respecting what it is that's taking place and just, you know, trying to find that place on the what's too high for something that comes in it short supply. But more importantly really appreciating the value that consumers and retailers are placing on this product in the category and uh, in produce and in the berry patch. It's been, it's been pretty remarkable. I don't know if you're getting the calls, um, but you know, the phone calls, you know, just where's the fruit, you know, what's happening here in the United States is pretty remarkable. I mean, everywhere from, you know, family members, friends, and colleagues and retailers, you know, looking for, uh, support to try and, and, and try to address the situation right now. It's a, it's a pretty unique time. Yeah, well, well we, when we just started with the Blueberry Committee like 14 years ago, when we make our, our research, what, what were the reasons that 
could impact the growth of consumption during the winter time. I mean, we were thinking, what, what should we do to improve our sales, uh, I mean, on the Chilean season? And, and we were all thinking about quality issues and, and, and all that. But what came out was that retailers and importers uh, needed to understand supply when the fruit was coming, when they needed to open their uh, space in the shelves and all that. And this is how we came out with our, I mean, the first uh, forecast and, uh, and our weekly crop report in, in order to try the market to understand where the fruit was coming in. And we've been doing that since the committee began. And this is what we're going to do this season too, differently, I think, that from the others, because uh, previously we have our, our crop estimate, and that was it. We had some corrections when we have like big weather events and we had to, to recalculate and all that. But we, we decided to have a, a monthly update to the market to see whether the volume, uh, the expected volume has changed. And, and also the, dynamic, the weekly dynamics of our shipments. But that is the other question. Uh, when the fruit, if we have the volume, when that fruit would be shipped. So this is what we want to do on a monthly basis to our markets. And on a weekly basis, they could uh, see what is being shipped out and treated to different markets and understand when that fruit would arrive in, into the market. I know that the earlier <laughs> that information is in the hands of our retailers, uh, the best alternatives we have that the market can adapt, whether to higher or to lower, lower volumes. So this is what you need. We need to, our, our marketers to, to understand where the volumes is, is coming so they can adapt their shelf space and their, uh, their promotional activities in order to, to move the fruit in a more efficient way. So we will try to, to get the market the best information we have in hand and provide that to them. Well, I am uh, appreciative of that information. It certainly helps us in, in taking a look at what hap what's happening or what's coming. And then, of course, uh, the work that Joe's doing on the business intelligence side, he's, he's definitely a consumer of this information and, and helps us kind of just get a sense of that global estimate. So it's been good to uh, kind of learn a lot from the way that you guys use it, both for domestic production numbers and for accounting for the exports that are moving over into the United States and other parts of the world. So, well, this has been good. I mean, I'm, I'm anxious to see how the season works for Chile. It's been, you know, difficult in many ways to kind of watch the lack of supply come into the market, but it's also been, you know, a really interesting study and it'll be just as interesting to see how Chilean season works out uh, for the market purposes. Uh, more interesting to me is that you're talking about lack of supply, but if we were sitting here only two years ago, you would be worried about the amount of fruit that is coming into the market and is affecting the prices. I think that the work that the USHBC, I mean, and also the Chilean Blueberry Committee and, and other uh, countries in, in health drive demand around the world is paying off, you know. Absolutely. And well, uh, yes, we're talking about our friends from other countries, just a kind word for Luis Miguel. Um, I know he's, uh, he's moving to new challenges in his in his life uh, which i think are very good for them we will miss him over here so kind hello to luis miguel and uh, wish you the best in in your new uh, challenges yeah it was uh it was it was great opportunity when we were all together at ifpa to just acknowledge him for his tenure there at Proradinos, you know, he's the only person that, you know, I've had a chance to work with over there on the Peru side. And so, you know, to see him 
move on uh, was certainly hard because I think we've all really appreciated, you know, his personality and his energy and his enthusiasm for what was that uh, the role represented for Peru. And, you know, there were certainly some not so easy days for uh, working in that particular seat. And he always did it with a smile. And uh, I think we really appreciated his energy and his attitude. And, and yeah, we're certainly going to miss his, uh, his role. So I appreciate you saying so. And, uh, and we'll see him. He's still in the business. That's what he keeps telling me. Like, you know, he's not going where, but as you and I both know, we're colleagues in the similar organizational seats. And, and uh, you know, it's nice when you've got somebody that's easy to work with and sees the opportunity of what what we can do when we work together. And so I don't think that'll change. Uh, just knowing the leadership structure over there, I think they'll find somebody uh, that will be just as suitable for working with us and working with the industry. Uh, but Luis was special. So uh, it was great to recognize. Sure. Him. That will happen, Casey. Yes. Well, I appreciate you being on the show with us today, Andres, and, and certainly your leadership over there. You've, you've been leading in that role for uh, a while now. How many years have you been working at the, at the 14 advisory? years, 14, 14 years. years. And that steady hand does make a difference. And so I really appreciate your time here and your insights and experience to help our audience and, and me uh, appreciate just how different things have been and changing and where else we might go. Um, we really appreciate your time today and certainly best wishes to the Chilean season. Uh, we need all the fruit we can get over here. So uh, that's it for uh, the episode. Thank you so much, Andres. Thank you, Casey. And I hope to see you in the Crop Reports weekly. Yes, absolutely. We'll be counting on it. We'll be counting every one of them. So, all right. Well, that's it for episode 155. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.